It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I don't know what the brand's going to do at this point. And I can't really be too mad because, hey, we're going to get football tonight, but there may be something that disappoints me if I don't see it out of the Falcons tonight. And last but not least, and for the culture, happy birthday, hip-hop. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day One your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or in a promo code for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take them off. I promise you coming up in 10 minutes are you gonna be disappointed if the starters don't play for the atlanta falcons we'll get into that but first gotta talk about bryce elder had another bad outing and the braves are now 12 and 12 since the all-star break t what can the braves do to get out of this funk that they're in can they if anything? Like, <laughs> get in a time machine and maybe go back and get that guy michael lorenzen that i wanted for starters yes Okay, but real talk, we know that can't happen. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I, I really think they're going to have to figure out what is going on with Bryce Elder and Charlie Morton because if it's a head issue, you know, that that's different. Like, you got to get your head into it, and that's, an, that's a you thing. Uh, yes. Rick Kranitz is going to have to figure that one out because you cannot have a 6.15 ERA, the second worst in the majors. I don't care if – by chance, you were still able to go 500 since the All-Star break and still have the best record in the majors. To me, that's a non-starter, and that's not important because you've got those underlying issues that actually, Jarvis, make me feel like it's eerily similar to last year, meaning the Phillies are creeping, the Phillies are coming, and even if you get home field advantage throughout the playoffs and you have to face them again in the opening series, are we going to see a repeat of last year when Max Fried wasn't his self and we, or himself. And we really kind of saw things spiral down because the starting rotation just didn't have it. That's what my concern is like, have we gotten to a point in place where we're leaning too much on hope that Charlie Morton will just get back on track. Bryce Elder will just get back on track. Maybe this is a lot for the 39-year-old Morton. Maybe this is a lot for Bryce Elder to have pitched this much throughout an entire season. But there is a guy. Like we say, you got a guy. There's a guy. And if you just bring him up from Gwinnett, he might actually give you just enough to be able to piecemeal this thing a little bit better than Yanni Chirinos did. That experiment should be a wrap. Mm-hmm. Let's bring Michael Soroka back up. Let's yeah. see it's what time. he can give because it's, it's been good enough. It may not be great what he's doing in AAA, but it's been good enough, relatively speaking, and comparing to what Yanni Chirinos has given. So, yeah, there has to be a little bit of a shakeup, similar to what we often see with Brian Snicker in the batting order. When that lineup isn't working, he'll make some tweaks here and there. Time to make some tweaks and figure some things out with the rotation because you know what else, Jarvis? Last night we saw 
and have actually kind of seen across these last six games when that ERA has skyrocketed, that that mm-hmm. bullpen is starting to get a little fatigued. Yeah. Like you, you got to start thinking about this thing, right? Because like just thinking ever since Max Free came back, right? I don't know if it, if he threw a, monk, a, a, a monkey in a wrench or, or a, a wrench in a monkey, however you say that, doggone saying. He, he, ever since he tossed six shutout in his teeth, like no one has surrendered fewer than four runs yeah. as from the starting pitcher rotation. That is absolutely awful when you think about the run support that they've been getting. Because we what we talked about throughout this entire season, what's been the formula, right? The Braves jumping out on teams really quickly, putting the uh, starting pitcher immediately into a place of comfort, saying, "You yes. know what? I got the support. I can, I can take some chances. I can take some chances with some different pitches, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, in different scenarios, because I got a lead. I got some stuff I can play around with. I don't have to pitch tight because, like, that's what you want, you know, from a starting pitcher standpoint, especially from a mental standpoint. So, yes, when you think about the Braves, what, and they've given up 31 runs in the last 25 in the third innings, T. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. And you can't, like you said, you can't depend on those guys at the plate. I understand, like, because you're going to run into a, a, a guy like a Michael Lorenzo, like, like who's pitching no hitters against the, the lowly, lowly, lowly Washington Nationals. So, but those are some of the things that you have to kind of account for as we continue to go along. But I just really feel like, there's, I feel like there's nothing tangible that you do. I know Michael Soroka is an option, but like, there's no guarantee that he's not going to be as better than what they, we've been given. Like, yeah, Yanni Chirinos, yeah, he's an outsider. Like, yeah, get rid of that dude. Like, you brought him right. in, you took a chance on him. Uh, he still stinks, and like, let's just move on. So let's. Yeah. I rather stink with our guys. Yes, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Going forward, I hate to put it like that, Michael Soroka. Yeah. You know, please forgive me, but that's just what it is at this point because. It is, it's sad to watch because it is. like it's the painful. Braves jumped out. They jumped out last. I mean, on four, yesterday. nothing. Four, they literally said, nothing. here you go, Bryce Elder. Here's four runs for you. <laughs> Wait a minute. And you then give up five houseway. I mean, it just, yeah, it's, it's a very frustrating thing to watch, whether you are a fan or whether you are someone like so many have said, which is, hey, we kind of coined it as hybrid here on this show, someone who could potentially be in the starting rotation, but could certainly give you some help in relief as well in the bullpen. That's what we were hoping for. And now what are we looking at? Some challenges on both sides of that pitching staff. Your rotation is shaky and your bullpen, it goes up and down because you're taxing them because these starters are just either one of two things. Either they're giving you six innings, but it's six innings of crap, or they're giving you something like, and again, don't want to sound panicky, but I am getting more and more concerned because anytime you can't take Spencer Strider into four, five, and six innings, and he's out here giving up six runs, and that's two and two thirds in, <laughs> like and two and two, like you can't get four, five, or six out of him without getting tagged that often. Something has to happen. Somebody has to figure something out. And I've said it before. Don't want anyone to go on the IL, but if there's an issue, throw one of them on the 15 day and let's just keep it moving. Because if that's what it takes and you have to take a few more more L's in the short term, but it'll get you right for the long term. Yeah, because who wants to have the shocking conversation that we had to have a year ago where, where everybody, media, Braves country, the Braves franchise itself, everybody was shaking their heads like, do we just get ousted from the playoffs at 
this juncture, just don't want to see that happen yeah. again. And the only way you can write the ship because you're getting it on defense. Yeah. Every now and again, you'll have a bad game where you'll have multiple errors or uncharacteristic errors in the outfield. But for the most part, no, or in field two, no, let, exactly. Let's just be honest. But for the most part, you're getting what you need defensively. You're getting what you need at the plate. So the only thing we need is for things to tighten up at the mound and that is something that Brian Snicker and Rick Kranitz will just have to figure out and figure it out fast because the other thing I thought of, and this, of course, is just petty, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Does anybody want anything that looks like a split? Worst still, a losing series up in Queens this weekend? Oh, God. That's actually where you're trending if you're not careful. Yeah, golly. Yeah, thankfully... I guess Charlie Mound, Charlie Morton will be on the mound. Spencer Strider will be on the mound, and maybe AJ Smith, Sharver, who knows? Michael Soroka, one of those yeah. guys we might get an appearance. So True. hopefully our prayers will be answered on that. T, but I think just real quick, gotta uh, highlight this, and I think it's kind of fitting that we're kind of squeezing this in. Matt Olson, forty home runs and a hundred RBIs, T, in hundred and thirteen games. Like, what are we talking about? Like, why aren't we talking about this? Like, why isn't it being highlighted more? I think it's because every time Matt Olson does something, it's just almost like lunch pail, right? It's almost blue collar because Ronald Acuna Jr. is out here doing it in like an amazing way. Like you see him steal or when he hits a ball. Yeah, you feel like the the ball is literally literally traveling to Alabama, South Carolina somewhere, right? So he's got the the snazzy. Sean Murphy does as well. Austin Riley gives you power. Ozzy Albies has all this charisma. And you could go on and on. MH2 does his, you know, south side thing. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Matt Olson's just kind of real lunch pail with it. Yay, yay. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Yeah, so I yeah. think when you think about it, and and for him to have slugged his way right up there with Shohei Otani, so they're tied for the lead in the majors, and actually he's at 101 RBI and about yeah. the, mm-hmm. the closest person, the closest player is like 11 RBI off the mark. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We need to talk more about Sean, Mur- uh, excuse me, we need to talk more about Matt Olson because he's definitely doing it at the plate. I know sometimes he makes us cringe with what he does on first base defensively, yeah. but he make more than makes up for it when he's at bat. Uh, absolutely. I, I think that when you have your name being mentioned in the same breath as Babe Ruth, Mickey yeah. Mantle, that's eh, a pretty big damn deal. So, yeah. Shout out to you, Matt Olson. Keep doing your thing, my brother. And we're going to talk about you more, I promise, right here on ATL Day Ones. But coming up next, though, I think that the Falcons might be on to something. But at first, I have to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bird Dolls. Guess what? I went out to the Falcons training camp. I'm telling y'all, these things, these shorts are absolutely amazing. They fit way better than your regular shorts. They aren't stiff and all that stuff and restricted because, you know, I'm a big man. These bird dog shorts, they pass the big man test. So you need to go out and go get these bad boys. They use the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I can attest to it. I'm a witness. I started shouting after I doggone put these shorts on because they were so cool and they fit well. They had my bottom part of my thigh going looking good, T. You know, I was just smelling myself, all that stuff. You know, I'm still corny. Yeah, I'm corny. I'm going to my corniness right now. So, yeah, here's what I want you to do, guys. You know, while I'm, you know, pontificating right here. Here we go. Go to birddolls.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free white tech hat. Yes, a free hat. Yes, it's coming your way. That's birddog.com or enter the promo code locked on for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take these bad boys off. 
Well, the day has finally arrived. It's time for Falcons preseason football. And that guy <laughs> who lives in South Carolina is really still excited about what's going to go on in Florida with the Falcons. But anywho, it's Falcons Dolphins tonight. And it has really been an South exciting <laughs> week if you are a Falcons fan because there, there have been some really good reports coming out of Miami especially of what we've seen initially from the defense and then kind of seeing the offense catch up and get up to speed so quickly as well. Even hearing from the likes of the Miami coaches, their players unprompted giving some credit and some props to the defense. So with that in mind, obviously we're going to have an eye on what goes on in that game tonight, but you kind of never know what you're going to see. The hope would be that you see starters. So as we talked about yesterday, maybe we can see what's going on at left guard. Maybe we can see if there's improved pass protection from Caleb McGarry, if we can see the Bijan Robinson, Desmond Ritter connection, et cetera. But real talk, we don't really know who we're going to see. But in your fantasy wish list, Jarvis, if there's someone or some play or something you could see tonight, what would it be? I would think it have to be – I want to see what Matthew Bergeron looks like. I want to see the Dolphins' ones. I want to see him going against the Dolphins' ones, too, in that defensive line because I think, like, the more and more he, he faces guys that are, like, NFL starting caliber guys, some of those guys he's already faced, right, David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett, he's been against some reps against those guys in practice. But I think when you're talking about game time, ready – film to to look at and say hey here's what you need to do when you're going up against guys like that I think that teaching moment is is exactly what preseason football is all about right because you know you get this rookie first real game playing left guard you know this is the first time he's going to be able to get get some of that experience so I'm, I'm sure we're going to going to see a lot of him but I want to see those teachable moments like okay Here's how you, you you quick step this guy in this particular play, or here's how you're gonna um, do a quick set on this particular guy because hey, he's trying to you know get up on you really fast. So I think that um, Coach um, um, Letford is gonna be able to you know get some good film, you know, good live game film to be able to use so he can teach Bergeron because it, this is gonna do nothing but help him in his uh, evaluation process and you know for him going forward because. Like they go, uh, I know that this is supposed to be a competition between he and Matt Hennessy, but this is the guy that they want to have in here, and I think that eventually we're going to see him sooner than later. Yeah, it still feels like it's Matt Bergeron's job to lose no matter what is being said, no matter what a depth chart looks like. There's a guy, and I agree with you on offense, but since you already put Matt Bergeron out there, the guy I would put out there for me would be Zach Harrison. We've heard some really good Ah, things coming out of camp for him and coming out of joint practices for him. So I'd love to actually see that as well. Like you said, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to see it with the Dolphins ones in to give us a real idea of what he's capable of doing. But yeah, I'd really love to see Zach Harrison and what he's able to do now that he's had a couple of reps like real-time reps and I don't mean game reps I'm talking real-time reps as in training camp versus conference calls and face times with Calais Campbell so and and an honorable mention to Arnold Evacati for the same reason both of those guys have really really been sponges uh, towards Calais Campbell and I just want to see okay this is your first time Zach Harrison for us to really see you show and tell from what he's shown you and told you so Very interested. But here's a scenario that I was interested in finding out about as well. Do you see, especially because I feel like where the Falcons kept winning was in the trenches. Mm -hmm. 
We heard good things about that O-line and the D-line coming out of Miami this past week. But I'm wondering, I just don't know if we're going to see Desmond Ritter tonight, just real talk. Yeah. Um, and I don't know I if we're going to really see the skilled players, the ones as skilled players, real talk. But do you see a scenario where maybe, just maybe, you might see the O-line, the ones from the O-line, if you will, so that to your point, you get an opportunity, especially to see a Matthew Bergeron in action? Wow, that's a really good question because here's the thing. I think that Arthur Smith is being very coy yes, about what he wants to do. Like, we know that he said, yeah, the starters are going to play in preseason. Duh. Like, we know you're not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> you know, you made that in your rookie year as a, uh, as a, head, as a head coach. So yes. we know you weren't going to make that um, uh, mistake uh, twice. So Exactly. And I appreciate you that for, for that. So I think that I, I don't see a reason why if you're going to put – a guy like Matt Bergeron, you know, there because um, Aaron and I talked about this on Locked On Falcons um, earlier. When we were talking about like the guys that I don't really necessarily care to see, and that's what Chris Lindstrom and Jake Matthews. I don't know what those guys are going to bring to the table. Yeah, you know, Caleb McGarry. I can't put him in that category just yet because right. you know, it's just a little bit too many deficiencies there for me that I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm not comfortable with just yet. I want to see what that improvement looks like based off of what we saw last year on the field. Mm -hmm. So I think that given that only two of your guys are really worthy of not playing, why not play all of them? You know what I'm saying? So you might as well play all five. And if you're going to play all five, go ahead and throw Desmond Ritter out there for a series because – or a series or maybe even two. And, you know, throw B. John Robinson like you mentioned earlier. Throw him in there as well. So give us a peek. Give us – and I even joke with – Aaron and I were joking. I was like – like, give us a piece, give us some of, the, some of that good dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bijan Robinson is like that blue magic. Like, you know, throw him out there. Like, let's get up. We want to taste. We want to see what, what's going on. We want to see Mr. Mm-hmm. Walk on Water. So I, I think that that offensive line, you know, yeah. I feel like yeah. if you're going to play any starter, mm-hmm. you got, might as well go ahead and play the whole group together because the more yeah. and more of those guys get that continuity going with that five, I, I think he's going to be, he's going to do wonders for them once um, Carolina comes to town. I believe the same now. There could be some non-starters out there who could still play a critical role, especially at the beginning of the season with a couple of injuries, although we know they're they're day-to-day, if you will. But even without injuries, there are still some position battles out there where some individuals may at this point in time be non-starters. So are there any non-starters on either side of the ball that you would like to see get to work tonight? Wow. I, I think that I would will, I will love to see Jalen Hawkins. Like, you know, like that's my guy. Like, that's my guy. I really feel like he's going to be a real nice weapon for Ryan Nielsen to, yeah. to uh, launch, you know, whenever he feels like it or whenever, yes. whatever, whatever package he wants to put out there. So I think that, you know, to, to be able to see him, I want to see him go out there and make some plays. And then uh, up front. I just mm-hmm. overall, like all of the, the non-starters on, on the defensive line, like yeah. I'm calling all of y'all out. I want to see a sack. T, I want to see multiple sacks. As a matter of fact, like mm-hmm. you know, I want to see multiple sacks. Yeah. I want to see the quarterback go on the ground because that's what that depth piece, we talk yeah. about the depth in, mm-hmm. in the DB room. We understand that. I want to see what that depth look like on, on a defensive line as far yeah. as be able to get to the quarterback because that's what's going to matter on third and long each and every Sunday at 1 o'clock Indeed. when these bad boys start kicking off for real.
Yeah. And it appears that Troy Anderson is kind of I don't want to say ensconced, but we'll use that because that's the word that's coming to my mind. Right. So I kind of sort of want to see Michael Walker because, man, Mm -hmm. have we seen some shades of potential brilliance from him. And then I don't know, it just kind of went I don't want to say off a cliff, but maybe it just kind of went on the decline for the back half of the season. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't feel like Troy Anderson has necessarily played his way into the starting position, but it just feels like that's he that. didn't. I go, I go, I said yeah. he didn't. Right. But <laughs> somehow it just that's feels he like played. he's de factoing his way into <laughs> right. a starting position. So yeah. I would really like to see Michael Walker kind of see where he is now that he's had an opportunity to be under Ryan Nielsen and also had the opportunity to be around. Uh, Lorenzo Carter and just some other guys for a second year, but also maybe, and we talk about this as well. Calais Campbell is an interesting influence because you don't necessarily have to play the position he plays in order for him to influence you. Very mm-hmm. intrigued about Michael Walker and possibly seeing what he can do. Yeah. I mean, cause here's the thing, like start looking at the linebacker core when we first are coming in and in the spring, I'm just like, man, they're bringing a lot of linebackers. And I was like, Oh, they're trying to get rid of this guy. But I think he's starting to slowly starting to say, hey, I belong on this roster. Yes. And not only do you belong on this roster, like I belong to get I I belong to some playing time as well. Yeah. Like some yeah. hey, some snaps, coach. I need some snaps. So I think mm-hmm. that him getting out on the field and establishing himself saying, Hey, I'm talented. They brought me here for a reason. Yes. The previous regime did. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh I need y'all to give me uh keep me keep me around so I can show you prove what I can do. Yeah, and when Dean Pease essentially calls you the quarterback of the defense and puts communication competently in your hands, and there's something still there that I hopefully can see Ryan Nielsen kind of tapping into because, yeah, I don't think that Troy Anderson has quite shown that he should just have that that position. I want to see some things from Michael Walker, so that's where I'm going to have my eyes pierced tonight. But, hey, everydayers, who are you guys going to be watching? I know you're going to be watching the game. We all know that. So don't forget to put it in the chat. Let us know whether it's a starter that you want to see, a non-starter, something you want to see, like, hey, getting that quarterback on the ground, meaning – Tonga Vailoa, or something you don't want to see, meaning you don't want to see Ritter on the ground, let us know. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, as you always do. And wherever you download the rest of your podcast, ATL Day Ones better be the first one you download as well. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. See, when you think about the 50th anniversary of, of, of hip hop, it, it kind of brings up a lot of memories, right? So many memories. Yes, and, yes. and I think that, you know, with all of the celebrations that have been going on and they continue to flow as we get ready to go into the fall. But today, today, today is the day, the actual day of a uh, birthday of hip hop in itself. And when you think about the, the genre for me, T, like the one that had an effect on me, it has to be. You know, growing up in the city of Atlanta, when the moment for me is when Andre Three Stacks went up to that doggone podium at that award ceremony and said the South got something to say as they were walking off the stage. Couldn't got booed and all that stuff. Folks booing outcasts. Imagine that concept. Are you booing outcasts? So, yeah, I think that was the defining moment for me in hip hop. What was the moment for you that kind of said, you know what? Yeah, they're here and they're here to stay. Yeah, I think that. There's so many, but I'll give you one that's kind of off the beaten path because it's probably one that when I say it, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, me too. So Brown Sugar, whenever Tay Diggs character asked, when did you fall in love with hip hop? I'm Mm -hmm. like, 
yeah, like that's yeah. my life. Like, yeah. exactly. like I can, yeah. you know, yeah. remember times where I was sitting with my boys because, hey, I was a tomboy and, you know, mm -hmm. it was always with the guys throwing the football around and, you know, doing anything you can think of, whatever was the big thing to do, you know, at that time, as far as like hip hop dance or, or, or hip hop attire or whatever, that was me. Like that was me. And it was the one, it was the funniest thing because like my guys would be, my guy friends would be like, like she's so bougie and she's so like prissy, but don't turn on the hip hop. Like she'll know every lyric and I'll right, play exactly. it back because yeah. I got to learn it and I'm breaking down. Like I, I appreciate lyricism. Like that's important. The beat and kind of like how you allow that lyric to ride over the beat. I mean, that's what Cool Herc was about. Like he was able mm. to take one beat from a popular song and take that beat and ride it the entire song. Mm -hmm. So you literally get tight lyrics over a tight beat, which of course came from Brown Sugar, but you literally take that, that one beat and then you can ride it for an entire song. You'd be like, dang, I love that song. It's really catchy. Well, yeah, because it's a beat from some song that you actually love, some R&B song or rock song in all likelihood. Mm -hmm. But the way that hip hop interpreted that beat, if you will. And then the way that they brought life for a black kid to the street, or even in, you know, the poorest of or toughest of times, like a, a public enemy comes to mind when they brought our struggle, or even if you, you know, weren't a fan of NWA because maybe they were just too out there for you, but it's like the soundtrack, like Motown may have been the soundtrack for our parents. This is it. This is the soundtrack hip hop. Yeah all day every day i'm so so excited like oh man and then we even saw like this uh it's trending on social media the little notepad that yeah. uh, dj herc wrote the note on saying hey we're going to be playing in the park at this time we're going to be spending so on and so forth and having like lived in new jersey and worked in new york like i know all those little places that he's talking about right don't yeah, yeah so yeah. it just it's like yeah i just absolutely love the fact that we are here to celebrate it because just like rock and roll. And they were saying that would never last. And just like, you know, R&B and soul music, that would never last. And yeah. everybody thought hip hop was just some type of, oh, it's just a fad. Well, 50 years later, still here, still rocking. And it is still the best thing I think that has ever happened. It is the ultimate, the ultimate example of for the culture. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, and I think that like, just from a, a branding standpoint, like I think this was like the cool thing for me. Like when the the cities repping where you from was like really came into like to the forefront because I think that Atlanta started. I feel like Atlanta started because you know rap was basically New York and California essentially. Like that's what it was, and it was no in betweens. It like literally no in betweens. And when Atlanta came on the scene, like okay, these cats from Atlanta, all right, people start understanding what that is and. And, and, and like then the Olympics came to Atlanta, then everybody started moving to Atlanta and all that stuff. And then you start seeing all the other little pockets popping up like, OK, who is this dude with uh, Master P, you know, down in New Orleans? Like, OK, who's that cat? Oh, then they got some other cats named Cash Money, Cash Money Records. Oh, yeah, he's from New Orleans, too. Oh, yeah. Who is this dude? Nelly. St. Louis. Oh, they're from the Lou. Oh, OK, they're from the Midwest. They're rapping that. Right. You know, even though, you know, Bone Thugs and Harmony had already kind of. So, so somewhat, you know, yep, put, favorite you, you, group. You, yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they put Cleveland on the map, you know what I'm saying? All that good stuff. But it was just so dope just for people to be able to come out and say, hey, here's where I'm from and here's how it is and here's how we live. And I just thought that was just so awesome for 
you know, the, for it to come to that. And then you start seeing other little things like North Carolina and uh, what's my what's my cat name from um, North Carolina? Throw my, yeah. Throw my, yeah. Throw uh, my J. Cole. J. Cole. Big, uh, yeah, know. out of North yes. Carolina. Oh. And then Miami kind of, you started oh off gosh. with Luke Campbell and the bass and, and then yeah. you moved the Trick Daddy. And even David Banner coming out of David Mississippi. David Banner, yeah, from Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah, just so many, like you said, once the decided and the funny thing is p actually goes back even further because we had bounce music before master p ever came through so we had yes. hip-hop or rap actually in uh louisiana long before him long before yeah him. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. those beats you hear and that 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 style you hear from juvenile there are about seven or eight oh guys gosh. that come they call yeah. themselves bounce royalty they come to xavier just about every homecoming because nice. they laid the foundation long before you know juvenile just kind of took it to the next level but i think too you know what i love about hip-hop as well is another seminal moment for me was the first time i ever heard mc light crack a mic like Ooh. i was like who yeah. is she and one thing yes. i like about light is She's never just in the conversation as a female MC. She is the greatest MC ever. So that's not even sure. a conversation, sure. people. So don't yeah, even do attempt yeah. to at me or put something in the chat, not answering mm-hmm. you. But she's a female MC who almost all the time also ranks in the top 10 or top 20 of MCs, period, male or female. And so when I heard her and she was hard in her delivery, her content was amazing, but she still looked like a lady. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Said, this is a bad, bad girl. And then, you know, having seen her in person, like literally standing maybe a foot from her. Yeah. That was yeah. that was pretty darn powerful because she she's something special. So, yeah. So who Absolutely. is your, and, and okay, I got to ask you this before we wrap up. Okay. No, non-Atlanta. So it has to be non-ATL. Who is your Ooh. favorite hip-hop artist of all time? Not from the A. Oh, God. <laughs> you put me on the spot with that yep. one. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh. Whew. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, I'm... Like, the first two um, names that came to okay, mind... Okay, that's I don't fair. Even know if I, be, I can be able to choose between the two, so I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit. The first one was, was Snoop. Snoop Dogg. Mm. And then the second one was Pimp C. Ooh, T, when one. I tell you the first time I heard that Riding Dirty CD and when those interludes and then I hear that, it's Pimp C. So what the, putting powder on the street because I got bit. I was like, oh my God, like who is this dude? Like, where is he from? Where does Port Arthur, Texas? I don't know what that is. Like all I know is Houston and Dallas. Like what is this? This foolishness, but this is amazing. Right. So it's just the, the beats and just the hardness of, of that album just it, it like the literally the album was a, a literal story, and that's what that's yes. the beauty of hip hop, right? It like is for albums to come out and tell stories from the yes. interludes and and like how it transitions into the next song so smoothly, like all that stuff. But yeah, but yeah, if I gotta go with it, a non Atlanta artist, like those are the first two guys that come to mind: Snoop and Pimp C. Oh my God, like just I love straight it. up dudes when, when it came to rocking the mic for sure and because i'm not from atlanta i get to choose my atlanta person that influenced me or group that influenced me the most so i'm going with outcast because i can yeah, do that yeah, because i'm not from here, can, so i can choose an atlanta <laughs> artist but anyway listen the way that outcast was so prolific and changed the game of hip-hop forever we hope that the braves are able to change some things and write the ship up in Please. queens tonight imagine that 
right there in the heart of hip hop. Go, mm-hmm. st- go destroy the heart of hip hop this weekend, Braves. Would you please, Charlie Morton, mm-hmm. get back in stride. We, we definitely need to see that from you this weekend. Hope the Braves get back on track. We'll be watching Falcons. Unfortunately, guys, I won't be able to break it down with you guys next week with Jarvis because I will be out of the country, but we have a star-studded guest lineup that you guys are Loaded. so going to enjoy. So just make sure, you know, Miss me, right? Because I'm, I'm coming back. But enjoy our amazing guest hosts that are going to join Jarvis next week. And last but not least, make sure you guys share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love, love over the weekend. Come on, Braves. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.